Hello everyone and welcome to the Manifesting Brilliance Living Your Authentic Life podcast. My name is Jerome M. Hoff and I'm your host. I am really pleased to welcome you to the conversation today into this this space. If you've listened to the podcast before, you know that I record from my home in Palm Springs, California. I'm not in a sound booth. I'm not in a recording studio, and therefore, you're going to hear some background sounds. You're going to hear the, the just the normal sounds of everyday life, uh, the sounds from my neighborhood, uh, the sounds from my home. I have two Boston Terriers that are often in the room with me when I'm doing this. So um, if you hear those, uh, you know, those extra sounds, uh, just... Um, Bear with me, uh, forgive them, uh, just know that, you know, uh, this is a low-tech podcast, uh, but hopefully very valuable in terms of the content I offer. Um, I'm celebrating today uh, because I just learned that this podcast has been uh, picked up by iHeartRadio, and uh, that's really exciting for me. Um, it's great to know that uh, the podcast is now available on a number of different platforms, including um, the iTunes Store, uh, Google Play or Google Music, um, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, um, a number of different platforms. So wherever you're listening to the podcasts, whatever platform you prefer, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for sharing uh, this podcast with your friends and telling others about it. Um, I, I really appreciate that. If you ever want to reach me to offer suggestions about the podcast or... Um, ask questions or give me feedback. I'd love to hear from you. My email address is manifestingbrilliance at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to drop me a line there anytime. Today's conversation is entitled uh, Cultivating Namaste Consciousness. Um, and uh, so that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to define what that means and how, how to build that namaste consciousness in your lives. Uh, before we begin, um, I would like to just have you join with me in a moment of reflection. And as I mentioned last time, um, one of my mentors, um, I call her a paper mentor because I've never met her. Uh, well, I've met her twice in person, but never really had a conversation with her other than just to speak with her for a few minutes. But one of the great influences in my life spiritually has been Marianne Williamson, and I've followed her career. I've read her books. I've watched her uh, um, her lectures. Uh, I've listened to her lectures via, you know, back in the day, I remember having cassette tapes with her lectures on them. Um, and now I listen to them on Audible. So she's been a really uh, huge part of my formation spiritually. She always begins her talks with uh, a, a reflection. And I used it last time. And um, I'd like to use it again tonight. And just want to uh, offer that this is coming from Marianne Williamson. So if it's safe for you to do so, please close your eyes. Place your right hand over your heart and your left hand over your right hand. And breathe with me into that heart center. And just take a moment to arrive in this space wherever you are, just to be present in this moment. The Course in Miracles speaks of the present moment as the holy instant, because this moment right now is the only moment in which our time intersects with God's time. So this is the sacred moment. This is the holy instant. So just take a moment to show up in that space. 
to be here. We see in the middle of our minds a little ball of golden light. We watch this light grow larger and larger until now it fills the entire inner vision of our minds. We see for ourselves within this golden light a beautiful temple. We see a garden that surrounds the temple and a body of water which flows through the garden. We notice that the inside of the temple is lit as well with the same beautiful golden light. And here we are. For we have been gathered together by the power and into the presence of God. We devote the time we spend here today to God and we ask that his Holy Spirit uplift us beyond all fear, all illusion, all uncertainty, all anxiety, all doubt. We ask that the Holy Spirit help us to recognize the unity we share with all people. And we ask the Holy Spirit to help us along the path of becoming the men and women that God would have us be. And so it is. Together we all say, Amen. So, our conversation today is about Namaste Consciousness. So if you've ever done any sort of yoga practice, if you've meditated, um, if you've studied um, world religions, you've come up with, uh, you've, you've certainly encountered the word Namaste. Um, it's become really trendy to kind of use this term as a joke. Uh, my sister has a t-shirt that says Namaste Home with my dog. Um, so uh, it's, you know, kind of a trendy word. Uh, it's spoken at the end of yoga practice. Um, usually hands put, you know, placed palms together in, in a prayer, prayer posture with a, a bow and you say namaste. Um, so what does the word mean? Um, so namaste is actually a Sanskrit word and it means the divinity in me bows to the divinity in you. Um, or it can mean I recognize uh, that and honor that place where you and I are one. Um, the sacred in me recognizes the sacred in you. Uh, as I was looking at um, information online to prepare for this podcast, um, I found a really great meme um, or uh, some artwork, and it's it uh, defines Namaste in this way. It says, "My soul honors your soul." I honor the place in you where the entire universe resides. I honor the light, love, truth, beauty, and peace within you because it is also within me. In sharing these things, we are united. We are the same. We are one. So namaste uh, consciousness really comes down to that sort of that last statement. We are one. That's exactly what it means. It means to understand and to live from a place of knowing that there's only one of us here. That although we function 
in this physical plane, on this physical plane, we function in this world as separate beings, as separate because we are bodily separate, right? We all have separate bodies. Uh, we all have separate functions and how we uh, engage with one another, the, the service we bring to the world. You know, some of us are called to be teachers. Some of us are called to be accountants. Some of us are called to be farmers and working agriculture. We all have different gifts and talents. And so in a real sense, our physicality leads us to believe that we are different, that we are separate from one another. But on a meta metaphysical plane, on the spiritual plane, we are all one. We're all connected. And I'm going to go through a number of, of uh, different teachings from um, The Course in Miracles, from Christianity, and also some, some other schools of thought um, that demonstrate this oneness, that sort of prove it. Uh, for lack of a better way of explaining it. But namaste consciousness, to live from that place, is to, to not only intellectually understand that we are one, but to also move through the world in such a way that we honor that oneness in everything we do. And uh, right now, I mean, it just goes without saying, because you know I'm recording this um, podcast on April 15th, 2020, and we are in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis, the pandemic um, here in America. Um, it's been all over the world. Um, none of us are immune to this crisis. It's affecting everybody. And so if we've never understood before what it means to be one, I think it's the prime lesson that we need to, to learn right now. Um, and in fact, um, as I was, uh, you know, I've been thinking about this, like we all are, right? It's on everybody's minds. Um, I was remembering in the 80s, I was in high school in the 80s. I graduated in 1987. During that time, you know, the AIDS epidemic was, uh, you know, just really um, crazy out of control. People were dying of and there were there was no treatment. And even though I lived in South Dakota and didn't know anybody who was affected by it personally, we all knew about it. And uh, at that time, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who was um, a psychologist and a writer and who spent most of her career uh, sort of exploring death, and looking at death as a part of the organic process of being alive, right? Death was part of the pro of the process, and and really helping people engage with their own death and with the death of, of others as sort of a meaningful uh, part of being alive. Uh, so she was that was the work she was doing, and because it was occurring in the eighties, just by design, she was working with a lot of people who were dying of AIDS. And uh, there was an article that I found from the LA Times that was dated May 10th, 1987. One of the things she said was, AIDS will be here until we learn the lesson it came to teach us. And she said, and that lesson is not about promiscuity. It's not about homosexuality. That lesson is that we are all brothers and sisters, that we are all one. And the lesson is unconditional love. And she, essentially she said, it will be here until we learn that lesson. Um, 
And I've just had to think, we obviously didn't learn the lesson. We have not learned that lesson. And now we have this other virus that's much more deadly and uh, more infectious and it's affecting everybody. And so maybe now is the time for us to learn the lesson. Um, and so that's really at the heart of Namaste Consciousness, that we are all one and we are he- the only reason we're on this planet is to be love and light to one another. That's it. it, it we're not here to amass wealth. We're not here to... Uh, we're here to be happy, yes, and to be joy, joyful and to have a really beautiful, joyous um, existence. And the more you sort of get on a spiritual path, the, the more you understand that the, the way to to um, accomplish that, the way to experience the joy that we were called here to, to be, the reason we came here was to find joy in loving one another, in loving one another, showing up as love and light and compassion and mercy in the world. And when we do that, we're really living our divine purpose and the result will be joy that's unspeakable. Um, but we haven't gotten it right yet. And so that's sort of what I want to talk talk about tonight. Um, so this notion of all of us being one is not... Um, it's not a new idea. And, uh, you know, I'm going to speak from a place of my uh, my own um, spiritual background. And I've shared before that I was raised Roman Catholic. Um, I still identify in many ways as a Christian, although I sometimes am hesitant to use that word because I don't want to um, uh, be associated with a lot of what I consider the hypocrisy of of Christianity. Um, But let me just say this. I'll be really upfront. I'm absolutely 100% in love with Jesus and crazy about him. I'm crazy about this man who came to earth and who uh, loved everybody and was sort of countercultural about it. He, you know, dined with prostitutes and tax collectors. He healed lepers, you know, so anyone, any of the places that he wasn't supposed to go, that's where he was, right? Um, and so I'm going to speak from that place. But these religious, or these, these spiritual principles, they're spiritual principles, they're spiritual laws. They've existed since the beginning of time right? They've existed even before Christ walked on the earth. They existed even before the Buddha was enlightened. They existed before uh, Moses parted the Red Sea. These spiritual concepts are natural laws, if you will. It's like the law of gravity that just exists because the world exists. And so because God or source energy or the universe, however you want to define that spiritual uh, energy, because that energy spun this world into existence, these principles exist. They just do. Uh, just like the law of gravity exists or, or laws of motion, right? Any scientific law. So I speak of them from that place. Um, I want to say this too. <clears throat> Spiritual, spirituality does not require religion. Religion does require spirituality. So I'm going to talk um, from my religious um, upbringing as a Christian, but the, the principles are 
are um, they're universal. Um, and so um, so this notion of us being one um, is not new. Um, and in fact, um, you know, it all starts uh, with the creation um, of, of man. So all of the great religious traditions have a creation story. Um, even um, uh, native um, indigenous peoples have a creation story. And the story always is that God, the great spirit, um, Allah, um, whatever you want to call that energy, created everything. Created the universe, the world, and everything that's in it. And created us, humanity, in his own image and likeness. And that's a universal story. And what that means is that of all of God's creation... He meant to have a very special relationship with humanity. So special, in fact, that in the creation story in the Bible, in Genesis, and if you read Genesis, there's actually two creation stories. There's the first, and then there's the second account. In the second account of the creation, Adam is one of the very last things that God creates. And what he does is God takes the 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 clay, the earth, and he forms it into a container, if you will. Our body is essentially a container, right? He forms it into a container, and then he breathes into the container, giving Adam life. And uh, the scripture says that he made him a living being. The operative word is being. Because of all of the things that God created that are alive, the only one that uses that we refer to as a being is a human. We are human beings. We don't talk about canine beings or feline beings or bovine beings, right? But we talk about human beings. So we are being. What's, what does that mean? That means from the very beginning when God breathed into us, he essentially, not essentially, he absolutely gave us our soul. He gave us our spirit. And that spirit was his own spirit. So he literally breathed into us. It's like he poured himself into us, into a container. So he made these containers to carry his breath. Right? There's the scripture in... Um, uh, um, in Acts... That talks about um, that is it. It is in the spirit. It is in God that we live and move and have our being. Okay, so because we all were created with the same breath and all came from the same source, the, sp the spirit that lives in me is the exact same spirit. That lives in you. And every other person on the planet. And the only way. That. The spirit of God is complete. Is if it encompasses all of us. Right. We're all part of it. And. Uh, 
The Course in Miracles um, talks about um, that we as people are ideas in the mind of God. And it also says that an idea never leaves the mind from from which it was thought, right? So if you think about anything that was created first began as an idea, right? So I'm sitting here and I'm looking at my, um, my computer screen. So the, a computer. The first computer existed as an idea before it became physical form. And the idea manifests as a physical form, but the idea itself never leaves the mind. And in fact, the idea is more perfect than the computer itself. Because the idea will never pass away. The computer itself, the physical uh, manifestation, will pass away at some point, right? It's not eternal, but my mind, my spirit is. My spirit, my soul are eternal. And they're all, and my spirit is the same as your spirit because we came from the same source, from the same God energy. And we're all the ideas in the same mind of God. So therefore, all minds are connected. Um, in Corinthians um, and in Romans, um, there are several scriptures uh, where um, we hear about this idea of one body with many parts. And it talks about the fact that uh, we are up, we're all one body in Christ. Um, and Christ means the, the anointed one or the enlightened one. Um, and again, it, whether you're Christian or not, um, um, we are all, we're all sons of God, right? And so... Um, Christ sort of becomes this avatar, sort of becomes this representation of um, the incarnate God, right? God incarnate. So, um, and then because we're all united in the same love and in the same spirit, we're all part of that same body, the same body of Christ. And and uh, Jesus speaks of, um, you know, uh, and, and in Acts, they, they, it speaks of, uh, it's one body, but different different parts. And so it says the eye doesn't complain that it's not an ear. Something to that effect. I don't know it exactly, right? Um, everything has its own function, but all united in the same in the same um, the same body of Christ. Um, and the same thing in Romans, right? So there's all of this symbolism about how um, all all of us are one. We're all connected. And then, um, and this is, this teaching of loving one's neighbor is universal as well. Um, the great commandment was to love God with your entire heart and your entire soul and to love your neighbor as yourself. When we hear that, and we hear it as children, um, I don't think we go far enough with with our interpretation of what it means to love our neighbor as ourselves. I think that we all think the basic level, which is this. 
I'm going to love my neighbor as much as I love myself. So I'm not, you know, treat others the way you'd like to be treated. I love myself and I'm also going to love my neighbor as much. I'm not going to put myself on a pedestal and think that I'm better than my neighbor. I'm not going to expect anything better for myself than I would ex than I would expect for my neighbor. I'm going to put we're on equal footing, right? I love myself and I love my neighbor just as much. Great. Okay, on a basic understanding, I think that's very correct. Let's talk about the word as, though. When we are told to love our neighbor as ourselves, I believe that the deeper meaning is I am supposed to love my neighbor as myself because he is myself. She is myself. So, as would be in the sense of inequality. And just to sort of make it a, a little bit more understandable, I'm going to Halloween as the Joker. Right? So I'm going to embody, I'm going to be the Joker for Halloween. I'm going to embody the Joker. I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself, meaning that they are me. And so I'm loving and kind because there's no separation. And because anything that I want to keep, I must give away. The, the Course of Miracles says that we are loving and kind and good out of self-interest. Because the Course says, I can't keep anything that I don't give away. So if I want love, I must give it away. If I want mercy, I must be merciful. Um, and it sort of goes back to the peace prayer of um, St. Francis, right? Make me a channel of your peace. Um, where there's injury, let me bring pardon. And then it says, O oh, Master, grant that I may never seek so much to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love with all my heart, with all my soul. Right? So... So this namaste consciousness is really the awareness that you and I are so, we're so divinely connected to the, to the uh, are so intimately connected to the divine that that divinity is where we are united. And so if I'm intimately connected to the divine and you're intimately connected to the divine, then we must absolutely be the same where we are one. We're one with one another and we're one with God. And to live in that way is um, really what we're called to do. Um, and that's really what's at the heart of this namaste consciousness. Um, so, it's true. You cannot be on a spiritual path alone. Um, you cannot be in a spirit on a spiritual path and not recognize the importance of loving your neighbor. And it's not enough, unfortunately, 
just to, and again, you know, this all goes back to what the scriptures teach and what every religion teaches. It's not enough just to love the people that love us back. Right? It's about loving everybody in equal measure. Um, so it's our role to seek to seek always to see others as God sees them. Um, and what that means is uh, the Course in Miracles says all of God's children are special and none of God's children are special. So we're all unique, brilliant, wonderful. And I and there's something really powerful about owning that. The last podcast, I, I read that really beautiful passage from A Return to Love by Marion Williamson, in which I talks about who are you not to be gorgeous and, and brilliant and, and all these things, right? That's who you are, because you were created in the image and likeness of God. And so t- as much as I am that, and as much as I own that, the miracle is when I can see that what I say about myself and what I'm willing to accept about myself as a child of God is also true of you. Even if you piss me off. Even if I don't like you. Even if you live on the wrong side of the tracks. Even if you're homeless and smell bad. Even if you voted for the wrong candidate in the last election, you're still one with me. God created you beautiful like he created me beautiful. So the shift in consciousness is really shifting from this notion that we are on this planet to compete with one another and that life is about competition. It's about getting my own. It's shifting that consciousness to saying, no, it's not about competition. It's about cooperation. It's not about competing for resources. It's about cooperating so that everybody has enough. Um, It's not about being jealous over the successes of other people. It's about celebrating those successes and having empathy for our fellow man when when they have failed. It's not about condemnation and saying, oh, you're not living right, you're... You know, I don't like you because you um, drink too much. And I don't like you because you sleep around. Or I don't like you because uh, this, that, or the other. It's not about condemnation. It's about being merciful. And it's not about seeking revenge. Being vengeful, you know, somebody makes you angry. Um, somebody hurts you in a, in a really profound way. Um, And that's happened to all of us, right? You go through the really horrible breakup. um, And so then you you have this feeling that you want to get revenge. It's not about that. If I'm really embodying namaste consciousness, instead of vengeance, it's about forgiveness. 
I'm going to release you from all the bad feelings I have about what happened. I'm going to release you from that. I'm going to see you in your innocence. I'm going to recognize in that moment when you treated me so horribly, you were coming from a place of fear. And I know what that's like because I've been in a place of fear before and I've often treated people poorly too. So instead of having this need for revenge, I'm going to be merciful. I'm going to forgive you. Um, it's not about having uh, scorn and contempt for another person. Like maybe you have a coworker that you just really have a hard time liking. And they ask you a question and just the sound of their voice grates on you and so you snap back, right? Namaste consciousness means I'm going to speak with you and uh, with you, speak to you with dignity and respect. Because I recognize that even though for whatever reason I'm having a hard time liking you, you're also a child of God. And so I have to treat you with dignity and respect. I'm pausing because as I'm saying these things, I'm thinking about myself and the times in which um, I don't do these things. Um, and I'm not speaking about this Namaste consciousness because I have it figured out. Um, I'm speaking about it because I don't have it figured out. Um, and I want to have it figured out. And I don't think we all, I don't think we get it figured out. Um, maybe if you're somebody like Mother Teresa, you know, um, you know, I think she, you know, she's a saint for a reason, right? Um, it's, but it's what we're all called to. Um, it, it is difficult for me. And I have, I want to tell you about my friend, um, I have a really good friend who, who does this really well. Um, yeah, he um, has such compassion and love for other people. Um, strangers. Um, like, we'll be walking down the street and somebody, um, he'll see somebody who's clearly homeless uh, and he'll stop and give them 20 bucks to make sure they have something to eat. Um, he'll see somebody who's in medical distress or maybe looks like they're, you know, they're homeless and they're sleeping on the streets and he'll stop to make sure they're okay. Um, and I'm sort of just, I'm moved by it because it comes so naturally for him and it doesn't come naturally for me. I want it to, I really want it to, but it just doesn't, it doesn't come naturally for me. Um, and that, I think that sort of, um, I think that's sort of the lesson, um, that I, the reason I'm speaking of this, I mean, anything I talk about, it's because it's something that I need to work on. Um, it's easy for me to be really kind and loving to people who smell good. <laughs> you know, I say that sort of in a silly way, but, um, you know, as long it's easy for me to be loving and kind to somebody as long as it doesn't rub up against my comfort zone. Like any time that I have to move outside of my comfort zone to be kind to somebody, um, things can be a little bit tricky for me. 
and and I, that's just being straight up honest. Um, so I think developing this Dhammaste consciousness is really about going the extra mile to see other people the way the way God sees them. Um, the divine in me bows to the divine in you. Um, you know, at the very least, we should see each other as brothers and sisters. Uh, but I think God calls us to, to do that more. Um, to do more than that. Um, and so, uh, I think the greatest, one of the greatest aspects of the spiritual journey is to understand that if we are really going to be spiritual beings and if we're really going to um, to love God or whatever you call that supreme being um, if we're really going to be plugged in and aligned with our source we have to figure out a way to have compassion and love for one another. And I often speak of it this way. Um, I challenge myself and I challenge other people to have radical acceptance of ourselves and of other people. No judgment. Just radical acceptance. You do you. Right? And I think... Um, that uh, for people who have been steeped in Christianity and uh, certain certain um, flavors of Christianity, for lack of a better word, denominations maybe, um, that it's really difficult to let, just to have radical acceptance. I mean, I'm thinking of, uh, you know, just straight up. Roman Catholic, right? I'm a gay man in the Roman Catholic Church. I have friends uh, that really have a hard time with me. You know, they uh, this whole notion of hate the sin, love the sinner, it seems really, really um, just too neat and clean, right? I, you know, oh, I love you, but I don't like what you do. I think... I think namaste consciousness calls us to something even deeper than that. I love, it's about loving person to the ex another person to the extent of, I love you and I accept you, flaws and all. And whatever you need to work on, I'll love you and support you in that. Whatever it is. You're an addict. Okay. I love you. I don't love you and say, but there's this thing you need to change. No, I love you. I see you as perfect, whole, and complete. And I'll support you in making whatever trans transitions, transformations, whatever you need to do to feel more whole and complete in your skin. That's up to you. I'll love you and I'll support you in it. Now, that's not to say that we have to have close proximity with everybody to love them. So there are times when, for our own safety, for our own sanity, we need to be apart from people. Um, and that's okay. That's about sort of protecting and setting boundaries for yourself. But the love doesn't stop, right? The love doesn't stop. 
And in fact, you hold space for that person. And by holding space, I mean that you send them love, you send them light, you pray for them, you're there for them. Right? Yeah. So it's about loving your neighbor as yourself. And I think that's all I have to say about this tonight. So, um, let's just end with a quick prayer. And, um, and then I'll talk to you next time. So again, if you like what, I, what I'm talking about, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. You can subscribe on uh, iTunes. You can subscribe on, on the Google Play Store, Google Music. Um, I'm an iPhone user, so I'm not quite sure how the Google Play Store works. I think you have to look in Google Music for um, podcasts. So iTunes, Google, um, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify. Let me know how I'm doing. Let me know how this uh, resonates with you. Ask questions. Manifestingbrilliance at gmail.com. And let's just take a moment to pray. And if, um, yeah. So if it's safe to do so, please close your eyes. Creator God, Father God, Mother God, Creator of all that is, Source Energy, Creator of the Universe, God of many names and many faces, thank you. Thank you for loving us so much that you created us. Thank you for loving us so much that you breathed your spirit into us. Thank you for loving us so much that you called us to be co-creators with you. Help us all to recognize your presence in our lives and your presence in one another. We pray in a special way tonight for everyone who is suffering from coronavirus, everyone who is dealing with COVID-19. We lift up to you all of the doctors, nurses, and other healthcare providers who are in the trenches, being your hands, being your feet, and helping their fellow human beings in their time of great need. We call upon your great physician who some see as Jesus. We ask that that divine physician would give wisdom to all of those who are playing a role in fighting and defeating this deadly virus. And we thank you, God, that even when we are distressed, that even when we are worried, that even when we do not know what the future holds, that we know who holds the future. And so we entrust all things to you. Help us to be more kind, help us to be more loving, 
help us to be more patient, and help us to realize and understand at the very core of our being that we are all one because you created us to be one. And so it is. Together we all say amen. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here. Now find someone or something to celebrate. God bless you.